0: Welcome to Good Medicine Explained. This is episode number eight for the week of July 19th, 2020. I am your host, Dr. James R. Brown. So we are now into the middle of the summer season. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, most of us haven't had the opportunity to travel or take that usual summer vacation trip or outing. Hopefully, Many of you have had opportunities to spend a little time outside to enjoy the cool evening air or the early morning summer breezes. A little sun exposure is also healthy to stimulate normal vitamin D production. But what about that precious external tissue called the skin? How do we keep it safe and healthy in the harsh, dry summer months? In this episode, I'd like to discuss how to support and maintain healthy skin during the summer. Now, as usual, I present a little scientific background into each of my episodes. The sun is the main source of energy for our planet Earth. Electromagnetic energy from the sun in the form of ultraviolet radiation travels to planet Earth. The electromagnetic spectrum, which quantifies or measures energy from the Sun, does so in wavelength called nanometers. The shorter the wavelength, the higher the energy. The longer the wavelength, the lower the energy. On the electromagnetic spectrum, gamma rays and X-rays are shorter wavelength, and radio waves and microwaves have longer wavelength. As far as the ultraviolet radiation range is concerned, it comes just before visible light, which is in the range of 380 to 740 nanometers. The ultraviolet radiation is actually composed of three major wavelengths or bands. We have UVA, which is the longest wavelength, UVB, which is medium, and UVC, which is the shortest. UVC has a wavelength of around 100 to 280 nanometers, and therefore has the highest energy of ultraviolet radiation. We don't hear about this radiation form very often, because it's completely absorbed by the ozone layer and the outer atmosphere of Earth. Absorption of these rays would cause severe redness, severe burns, and skin ulcers and lesions. So, thankfully, these ultraviolet bands of radiation are absorbed. Man made sources of ultraviolet C radiation include welding torches, bacteria killing light bulbs, and mercury lamps. UVC rays would also cause severe damage to human eyes. In the next category, UVB rays, which are the medium length, are absorbed by the ozone layer, and only about 5% of this reaches the Earth's surface. Because of their intermediate wavelength, they have less energy than UVC, but more energy than UVA light. Absorption of these rays will directly affect the upper skin layer called the epidermis. Overexposure to these rays is a primary cause of sunburn and blistering. UVB rays don't penetrate through windows very easily and are more likely to be filtered out by dark, water-filled clouds. In the last group, UVA, about 95% of these rays do reach Earth's surface layer. They have the longest wavelength, about 315 to 400 nanometers, but they have the lowest energy level. However, UVA rays can penetrate deeper into the dermal skin layer and cause immediate tanning or sunburn if exposure is too long. They also can cause indirect damage to DNA which is associated with some skin cancers. They're also recognized for being the cause for skin aging prematurely, leading to wrinkles. Most tanning beds use a combination of UVA and UVB radiation rays, but even UVB exclusive tanning beds can still cause skin damage. UV exposure is greatest between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. During this time, the sun's rays have less distance to cover. UV exposure is also greatest in latitudes closer to the equator and at altitudes that are high, like in mountain ranges. UV exposure is also increased when reflected off of surfaces like snow or water, sand, or even pavement. Now, in the discipline of dermatology, there is an instrument used called the Fitzpatrick Skin Phototype. It's a scientific way of classifying skin by its reaction to sun exposure. In 1975, Dr. Thomas B. Fitzpatrick was the dermatologist in charge of the Harvard Medical School, and he studied psoriasis and treatment using UVA rays. Initially, he used hair type and eye color to determine the amount of UVA exposure he used on his test subjects. Later, after inducing some sunburns on some of the subjects, he modified his classification based on tanning tendencies. It was determined that the amount of skin pigment or melanin exposure to UV radiation is directly related to the amount of skin pigment or melanin that is in the skin layers. Pale or white skin burns easily and tans slowly and poorly. Thus, it needs more protection against sun exposure. Darker skin burns less and tans more easily, but it's also more prone to develop post-inflammatory pigmentary changes after injury, the brown markings we call hyperpigmentation. The Fitzpatrick skin phototypes are a constitutional characteristic present at birth, and they have designed six types of skin based on complexion, eye color, hair color, and tanning. Type 1 individuals have pale white skin. They typically have light blue to green-colored eyes. Their hair is red to blonde in color. They always burn, and they don't tan. Type 2 individuals have fair white skin Light blue to green colored eyes. Their hair is blonde. They burn easily and they tan poorly. Type 3 have medium white to olive complexions. Hazel to light brown eyes. Dark blonde to light brown hair. And they typically burn mildly and they tan gradually. Type 4 individuals have olive to moderate brown complexion skin, they have dark brown eyes, dark brown hair, they burn minimally and they tan easily. Type five individuals have brown to dark brown skin, they have dark brown to black colored eyes and hair, they rarely burn and they tan darkly and easily. And the last group, type 6, have dark brown to black complexions, brown to black colored eyes, black hair, they never burn, and they always tan easily. Now, dermatologists use this scale for several reasons. Number one, it helps them assess the risk for skin cancer. Number two, they use it to determine the risk for in-office procedures, such as microdermabrasion, chemical peels, or laser hair removal. They also use this scale to evaluate medical conditions that are also associated or identified by their skin features. And lastly, it's very helpful to help in informing patients about proper care for their skin. Now, everyone is aware of sunscreens. Sunscreens are broad-spectrum chemicals that can block out both UVA and UVB rays. Sunscreens that include zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are generally recognized by the FDA as safe and effective. Sunscreens are graded based on their sun protection factor or SPF. The higher the SPF value, the more protection. But no sunscreen is 100% effective at blocking out UV rays. The American Academy of Dermatologists recommend using a SPF of 30 or higher in the summer, and in places where there is a lot of sun exposure. There are no waterproof sunscreens only water-resistant sunscreens. Now, sunscreens are recommended to be applied at least every two hours or more frequently if you sweat heavily, you're exercising, or you're swimming. Other forms of good sunscreen include tight-woven, dry fabrics to cover your arms and legs and other exposed body parts. Wide-brimmed hats that cover our ears and neck are also forms of sunscreens. And, of course, UV-protected-rated sunglasses are helpful to protect the eyes. Now, unfortunately, there are some individuals who, because of their skin type or other medical conditions, are not recommended to get much sun exposure. For those individuals eating fatty fish like salmon, tuna, sardines, or mackerel, or consuming vitamin D-fortified foods like milk, breakfast cereals, and orange juice. Obtain their vitamin D from these foods if they're not able to get a lot of sun exposure. Lastly, I wanted to give a little attention to tattoos, Tattoos have obviously become very popular and more commonplace than in years in the past, and all tattoos eventually will fade a little over time. Yellow and white colored tattoos tend to fade the fastest, but it also depends on where the tattoo has been placed on the body and how much sun exposure it's receiving. In order to support and maintain tattoos, it's a good idea to apply a dye-free and fragrance-free moisturizer to keep the skin around the tattoo from getting dry or irritated. Once you've applied a thin layer of moisturizer, you should follow that by a thin layer of sunscreen at least once a day. It's recommended that you always use what's known as a broad-spectrum sunscreen, one that blocks out UVA and UVB rays. Sunscreens with SPF ratings of 30 to 50 and include natural ingredients are preferred. Anything over a SPF of 50 is not necessary. It's also best if you use a rub-on cream or lotion rather than a spray-on which doesn't typically get evenly distributed over the skin surface. It's recommended for those that have tattoos to wash the tattoo with an antibacterial soap once a day, especially if it's fresh and new. Individuals can use a tattoo brightening cream once a day But you really want to select something that has vitamin E, lavender oil, or other essential oils. And make sure the tattoo brightening cream doesn't contain any bleaches or other harsh chemicals that might damage the skin or tattoo ink. You want to keep makeup, oil, and other chemicals away from your tattoos as well as these products combined with sunlight can break down the ink from your tattoos. You want to stay out of direct sunlight as much as possible to avoid fading of the tattoo. If a uh, area of skin that has a tattoo gets severely sunburnt or blisters, you can apply aloe vera oil or cream to the sunburnt tattoo and then cover it up. The take-home points, I think from this discussion that you wanna have it includes that both UVA and UVB sun rays are capable of damaging our skin. The shorter the wavelength, the higher the energy. The UVB rays, which are of intermediate wavelength, have higher energy than the shorter UVA rays and they can damage the outermost skin layers, causing sunburns. UVB rays also directly damage DNA and are the cause of most skin cancers. Lastly, you want to protect tattoos from excessive direct sunlight as much as possible. Keep the skin around the tattoo well moisturized over the summer as well as hydrate your body well and use a broad-spectrum sunscreen with a SPF of 30 to 50, and avoid bleaches. Protect tattoos from sunlight as much as possible. Keep skin around the tattoo well-moisturized and keep your body well-hydrated. Use broad-spectrum sunscreens with SPF values of 30 to 50, and avoid products that can bleach the skin. If this particular topic or any of the previous episodes have provoked questions for you, be reassured that I do regular Q&As on my Instagram account at jrbrownmd, where you may submit your questions there through direct message or DMs. However, I emphasize that I do not serve as a replacement or substitute for your own personal physicians nor do I provide individualized consultations outside of my practice. I'd also like to give a special thanks to my podcast team, Lauren and Natalie, who really are greatly responsible for making this podcast possible. So, until our next opportunity, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you have a peaceful heart.